Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to encourage your life. If you want to find out more, visit our website at freedomlifeag.org. Welcome to Freedom. This morning, as we tackle life, some of the most difficult things happen after some of the best things that happen. We realize that um, oftentimes the biggest distractions in our life happen after great battles are won. Is that true? Sometimes some of the biggest and the most destructive things in our life that, that are presented to us happen just after a small victory or happen just after something great has happened. And we find ourselves going, what just happened? I thought things were going good. I think, those, I think those, that was going well. And so what God began to show me is that there's a grind that happens in the faith that causes us to have to kind of push through some of the difficult times. So I want to bring to you a message this morning entitled The Grind, Persevering in a Tough World. The Grind, Persevering in a Tough World. I really believe that this year, is a year of traction for you and for this church. When I talk about traction, I'm talking about moving forward when your wheels want to spin. When things seem like I'm pushing the gas, I'm doing everything I can to move forward, but no matter what I do, all I'm doing is spinning my wheels. And Has everyone ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, All I'm doing is my wheels are spinning. My wheels are spinning. Why are your wheels spinning? You lack traction. The grip to catapult us forward. So when we look at traction in the faith, it's very important that we are um, grinding out some of the things that look like they're monotonous. So we can get to the goal that God has for us. The grind is about making conscious decisions every day that bring us to a place of breakthrough. The grind was defined as dull, hard work. How many root for that? (laughs) Most of us don't want to be like, I don't want to grind anything. But, But sometimes you ever talk to somebody and you're like, what's going on? We're just, you know, just doing the daily grind, right? Just doing the daily grind. Well, guess what? In the Christian faith, that grind is very important. That grind is what helps you get through some of the obstacles in your life that you would have not otherwise gotten through. That grind, persevering through those tough moments, has made you who you are today. And so intentionally deciding to grind out your faith sometimes is a necessity. And I'll I'll share with you why in just a few moments. The word traction carries with it that idea of the spinning wheel. Then all of a sudden... Catching that moment where you get out of that. And I, I don't know about you, but I've been caught in those moments where my wheels are spinning. And my wheels are spinning. And if you don't have four-wheel drive, you know what I'm talking about, right? Gas pedal is pushed. You're doing everything you're supposed to. You're rocking the car even though you know you ain't moving it. You're like in the car. You're doing whatever you have to do. It seems like you're doing, it feels like you're doing something, right? You feel better about it, but you know you ain't doing nothing. You just, now you just look like you got a, a, you know, a situation going on. People driving by looking at you, you're doing this in the car, you know. They don't know you're trying to get through the grind, you know. You're trying to get through it, trying to get out of the moment. 
But following something like Easter, when you hit this high of like, wow, we have a record number of people last week. Record number. We've never had as many people walk through the door as we did last week. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting. Why is that exciting? Because every soul is a person. And so we count every person because every person counts. And we look through that and we say, wow, that's amazing. That's fantastic. That's great. Well, what now? Well, it's post-resurrection. We can live in a post-resurrection moment where we can say, you know what, God? I need your Holy Spirit to help me get out. And here's what it's talking about in Psalm 40. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 40. And here's what the psalmist said. Psalm 40 said, I wait patiently for the Lord. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. Here's what it goes on to say. He lifted me out of the what? Slimy pit, miry clay, depending on your translation, right? Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. I don't know about you, but I've been on unstable environments high and I don't want to feel good. How many ever, how many ever stood on something really high, really high off the ground and you felt the shake and your heart about came out your mouth? Like, you're like, oh my goodness. I know, Ron, you have, man. You're climbing, climbing ladders every day, you know. And, and you got all these things going on every single day. You know, so there's some people that live on roofs, right? Just making, you know, building roofs, you know, putting roofs together and all that. And, and they are, you know, steady ground is very important the higher you are, right? Well, it, it goes the same for believers. Because believe it or not, there are people watching you, believers. There are people watching you. The moment you said, I'm a Christian, the moment you said, I go to church, the moment you said, I follow Jesus, the moment you said, I'm a Christ follower, the moment you said that, there's a lot of people that got their judgment antennas up. I used to watch my favorite Martian. I'm dating myself, but follow me. You remember that? How many remember my favorite Martian? 12 people, 12 people just raised their hand. And every time, antennas will come up from the back of his hair, right? The moment you say that you are a believer, a Christian, a follower of Christ, people are like, oh, now let's see how he acts. Let's see how she acts. Let's see what happens when something goes wrong. Let's see what happens when the boss that, that nobody can stand walks by and tells them something. Let's see how they respond. Listen, it doesn't matter what you do on Sunday mornings. Come on, church. It matters what you do on Monday mornings too. Anybody can get out of church and show up. But true believers work the grind every day and realize that my faith is not a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. And that grind, that perseverance, it means I got to do it when nobody's looking too. I got to follow when nobody's watching. The difference between perseverance and stubbornness is that one comes from a strong will and the other one comes from a strong won't. Stubbornness and perseverance, one comes from a strong will. Perseverance is a strong will. I'm going to fight through this. I'm going to believe through this. Stubbornness is a strong won't. I will not. And you talk through your teeth. You ever talk through your teeth to your kids? I'm going to... When we get home, <laughs> you do praise the Lord. <laughs> when we get home, you're going to get it. And some of the kids are like, yeah, I know. 
It happened on the way to church this morning. <laughs> Stubbornness comes from a strong won't. That's not what God is looking for. God is not looking for you to stop doing something. As much as he is, he's asking you to start doing something. When you start doing the right things in your life and you realize what's right, you'll quickly identify what's wrong. People who study counterfeit money don't study counterfeit money. They study the authentic so they can spot the fakes when the fakes show up. And God is looking for us to be a people that have a strong will, not a strong won't. So here's a couple thoughts I have for you. Number one, there is no traction without turning. Here's what I'm talking about. Traction only begins when we turn to the Lord and discover God turning toward us to strengthen us. He wants to lift us up out of the mud and the mire. He doesn't want you on unstable ground. He wants you on stable ground to believe him. When you start realizing that in turning to him, you are then putting yourself in a position to hear from him. You're putting yourself at a place to hear from God. Just, uh, just the past couple days, uh, also I'm just remembering yesterday, I was, uh, my kids keep asking me, they want to play ball. It's cold out there, but I'm like, all right, I'll play for a little bit. And I went outside for a little bit. My daughter wanted to play baseball. Her two brothers were playing baseball. So I want to play baseball too. I said, okay, all right. So she stands facing me with the bat like this. And I'm like, sweetie, we got to change something real quick. I said, you got to, you got to. And so she went like this. She went. Why? She turned her feet. And all of a sudden, that's where she started looking. But then she had to turn her face. And what I realized is that wherever you turn your feet, come on, somebody. That's where your eyes will be. So when God says that he wants you to turn to him, he's talking about turn your focus because we tend to look more where our feet are pointed. If your feet are pointed this way, it's just a natural tendency to look this way. God says, I want you to turn to me, turn to me. And here's the first verse that we want to talk about. The first verse is simply this Isaiah 45, 22. It says, turn to me, turn to me. And be saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. There was once where you were lost. And there was a day you turned your feet toward him. A day that you turned to him and you said, God, I need you in my life. I need you to help me. And hopefully you've given your life to Jesus. If you haven't, you're in the right place. Follow me for a few moments. Not only does Isaiah say this, but the psalmist said this. I considered my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. Do you see that? I turned my feet. Why? Because when I start ch- changing the direction of my feet, that's where I walk. Not only that, that's where I look. So when I start hearing testimonies of God's goodness and other people's life, I want to turn toward that. I love it because in the first part of that verse, if we could look at that verse, the first part says, I considered my ways. In other words, I've done what I wanted to do. But now I've turned my feet toward your testimony, toward your proven. What is a testimony? A proven glory of God moving in someone's life. Did you get that? A testimony is the proven 
touch of God in someone's life. So I'm not going to consider my ways and stay my ways. I considered my ways, but I turned my feet toward your testimonies. Why? Because your testimony has reigned true. Your testimony has reigned true. Is that making sense? So there's no traction without turning. You can't get out of the spinning tires if you don't get traction. You can't get traction without turning. And I, I know that in our lives, there are times we just need to get out of that moment of, that we feel like we're spinning our tires. And I believe this is a year of traction for you. Number two, there is no traction without opposition. Why is that tire spinning? Why? Because nothing is going against it. Everything's going with it. When everything is going your way, can I, can I submit this to you? When everything goes your way all the time, you're not truly growing. Because if you're a sinful person like I am, by nature, we all have, perfect, we have to work our way to get better every single day. That doesn't mean that we are, um, let me be very careful how I say this. Because if you receive Jesus, you are a saint in him. Okay, I want to be clear with that. But I also want to understand that we are, we are in a process of being perfected. Yes? So every single day we're trying to get better. If nothing comes against us, we're not growing. If nothing opposes us, then we're not being discipled. If nothing is, the problem with the spinning tires is that nothing is opposing it. Everything is going with it. I'm going to show up on Sundays. I'm just going to be here. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to serve anything. I'm just going to be here. Guess what? After a while, your tires will spin and you got no traction in your life. You have no opposition. You have nothing. I, I strongly caution you. If everything's going great in your life all the time, you're probably not being challenged. You're probably not challenging yourself and you're probably putting yourself in a predicament where you're going to have to later realize that you've missed a few things. Because those that live the life for Jesus, you're going to have opposition. I love what this man Tom Hiddleston once said. He said this, you never know what's around the corner. It could be everything or it could be nothing. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then one day you look back and you've climbed the mountain. Friends, look at me. That is the definition of grind. I don't know why I'm praying. I'm praying. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to do anything, but I'm going to keep praying. I don't know why I'm giving this, but I'm going to give it. I don't know why I'm serving here. The kids don't seem like they're listening. I don't know why I'm serving this. I'm just handing out a bulletin. I don't know why I'm doing this. The kids in nursery, all they do is they, they just drool all over the place. I don't know why. And so you kind of, you can make the excuse or you can decide to look at the moment and see the ministry and see what God is doing in that moment, Right? What is that grind? That's what I'm talking about when I say the grind. I'm talking about putting one foot in front of the other and realizing when you turn around and look, you just climbed the mountain. That's the grind. That's what that looks like. And so what we're asking is, where is it that you're going to go ahead and say, you know what, God? I receive the opposition as an opportunity. I'll take the opposition as opportunity. Or I can use it as an excuse. To not go to church, to not follow God, to not serve. Traction involves stretching, and stretching is painful. Have you ever tried to stretch in ways that you know you're not supposed to? Any sort of stretching is a stretch that I'm not supposed to. 
I just want to be clear. Sometimes the, my limits are right about here. I'm just saying, right about here. I watch sometimes my little girl would do like a split. And I'm like, I, just the thought of doing a split, I pull three muscles. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, stretching is not fun. Most people don't go, you know what? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to stretch and I'm going to... Some people do that. That's not me. I just want to survive to get to the sink to brush my teeth. You know, sometimes it's just the grind. Hello? Sometimes it's just getting up. Because life beats on you. Ever felt like life beats on you? Guess what? You can hold your head up high today and say, I'm going to fight through the grind. Because God created me for more. I'm going to stand firm and believe that everything that's facing me is going to make me better. Guess what? I've been through some things. I grew up in New York City. I've seen some things I shouldn't have saw at 10, 11, and 12 years old. Some things I shouldn't have seen happen and transpire in front of my eyes. But none of those things do I regret because every one of those things has shaped me to be the man I am today. It shaped me to be the man I am today. And I'm grateful for those moments. I'm grateful for the opposition. I'm grateful for those times that are grinding it out. Whatever grind, whatever opposition comes your way, you will be better for it. God wouldn't allow it if it wasn't. So I realize this, that stretching and opposition of any kind is not easy. But there are questions that you can ask yourself to help you get through the grind get through that moment and i encourage you to select an area of your life here this morning and maybe you see well this is the this is the weakest part of my life i want to kind of look so let me let's look at an area of your life here this morning and maybe apply these questions if you have a bulletin that you were handed on the way in i invite you to grab that bulletin and write these three questions down and take these three questions as an application moment can i do that go ahead there's pens at the end of your rows and these baskets that we provided them for you and these three questions if you're writing anything down today write these three questions down number one where are you and ask yourself where am i this, all these are not just self-help. I didn't read a self-help book to find these questions. These are all found in the God help book, the Bible, right? This is found in Genesis 3, 9. Genesis 3, 9, you remember, some of you remember the incident at the garden? How many heard of the garden of Eden? Okay, I just want to get everybody on the same page. The garden of Eden, where man was created to be God's fellowship and worshipers, and God created us to do great things for him. And then there was Eve, and then there was a tree, and then there was fruit. We realize that they've taken of that fruit. And then comes this moment. Their eyes were opened, and God comes through, and he asked them the question, the age-old question, where are you? Can I, can I just make a very clear statement? God never asked a question he didn't know the answer to. He knew exactly where Adam was. He knew exactly where Eve was. The question was not for him. The question was for Adam. The question was for Eve. Where are you? Where are you? And so, that question I pose to you today. Where are you? How did you get to where you are? If you're struggling, how did you get there? Because there's a possibility that maybe you made a wrong turn somewhere. And maybe God wants to help you get on track this morning. I don't believe there's a single person at the sound of my voice without God doesn't want to get you back on track. Not a single one. I believe that. And so the basic question God asked Adam and Eve, I asked you today. Where are you? 
And a second follow-up to that one question is, how did you get here? Because if you can know where you're at, but if you don't know how you got there, you may end up there again. So it's very important to ask, not just where are you, but how did you get here? All right? So, for example, there may be an area of your life that's fractured. Let's say, for instance, finances. Where are you in your finances? How did you get there? God wants to turn your traction from your action. God wants to give you traction from your action. Because there's no traction without action, right? Something has to give. And so, someone once said this, we must get our heads out of the sand if we're ever going to get our feet on a firm place to stand. Right? And so, loving God alone is not enough. Now we have to act on that love. Now we have to say, listen, loving God is enough to be forgiven, but not enough to make an impact. Are you following me? Loving God gets us in right relationship with Him, which is the right step. Then what? Now what? What do we do with that? What do we do with our daily grind? Well, we got to figure out where we are and how we got there. Second question that I want to pose to you is this question. Write this down. Do you really want to get well? Notice he never asked in Mark in John chapter 5. Now we're in John chapter 5 verse 6. He never asked, do you want to be healed? Because that would be silly. Let me read the story for a moment. Sometime later, this is John chapter 5. We have it up on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which was surrounded by five five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Verse 5. One one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. How many years? 38 years. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Church, I want you to hear something. This place, this pool in Bethesda, this pool... Everybody that was sick went to these because it was a stream that gathered that had been known to have healing virtue in this water. It was so natural that people had went there and got, you know, they got their wounds and, you know, all of a sudden people started feeling better because they were by this pool. Watch this. Look at me. I want you to understand something. People were there because they needed help. And Jesus walks up to this man who had been an invalid for 38 years. Years and he asked what some people would consider to be a slightly weird question. But I, sub- I submit to you today that it is not weird at all. I submit to you that it was calculated and that it was asked specifically for a reason. Because he never asked, like I said earlier, he never asked, Do you want to get healed? He asked, Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? 
There are some people that have been in a situation for 38 years that no longer want anything. They're okay no matter how bad it is to stay where they are, even if it's Egypt, even if it's hurtful, even if it's sinful, even if it's sick, even if whatever it is, 38 years, I've been doing this a long time. Listen, Pastor Tony, I've been, I got, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. You don't understand. I've been praying this prayer for 10 years, 15 years. So I ask you, do you want to get well? Do you want to see it happen anymore? Because we can easily get stuck in the idea that uh, it's not going to happen anymore. It's not for me anymore. Right? God's not going to do this thing in my life anymore. I just, I gave up. And you don't want to say I gave up. I settled in my spirit. Don't settle in your spirit when God says, no, no, wait for me. And he's there and Jesus asks, do you want to get well? He's like, well... You don't understand, people keep cutting me off. Right? You caught me on a bad day, Jesus. You know, I'm on the HOV lane and people just cut me off. I was cruising, I was doing my thing. People keep cutting me off, I'm just going to lay back then. You know what that sounds like? That coworker that didn't deserve that raise got the raise, not didn't. People keep cutting me off. Oh, that person, they, they, they don't deserve that, but they got. I want to, but people keep cutting. I don't have nobody to help me. When Jesus is standing directly in front of you, you need to realize who he is. And you need to say, yes, I want to get well. He didn't know who Jesus was. That's the problem. He didn't know who Jesus was. What if he noticed who Jesus was? Because you realize that he never really answered. He just gave an excuse. He never really answered. He just said, well, because, because, because. God's saying, grind it out. Go down and wait for your blessing. Go down and do what you're here to do. Receive that breakthrough. Come on, somebody. I thought somebody would get what I was talking about here today. Go down and get your breakthrough. Go down and get it. Get it. Sometimes the get is in the grind. Sometimes the get is in the grind. Go out there and realize that there is no traction without action. Go out and get it. I want want God to work in my finances. Well, go out and get it. Go out and get it. There's a get in the grind. I want to be set free. Well, go out and take action. You want to be set free from something that's going on in your life? Do something about it. Don't wait for that thing to come upon your lap. That thing to just fall upon you. You want to you want to physically change. You want to be listen. I, I'm the first one to complain, man. I don't want. I'm, I'm feeling like sometimes I need to get more fit. I want to work out. But when it comes down to it, what do you want to do? What is going to be determined by your actions? How badly do you want it? You want to be this. You want to be that. What does your action say? 
And so the second question is simply that. Do you want to get well? Don't make excuses. Decide that you want to take action in your life. God, I want to take action in this area of my life. I realize that I'm holding bitterness. I'm realizing that I'm this. I'm realizing that I'm that. And I refuse from this day forward to be that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the grind. And I'm going to grind out my faith. Come on, somebody. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to press through. I'm going to press through. I said it last week and I'll repeat it this week. Winston Churchill once said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Right? Don't stay there. Your goal, if your goal is something you, you, you find a goal in your life, right? You see that goal at a distance. You know what? Between me and that goal, there's a lot of places to park. Don't park. Don't park. Because sometimes when you park, you relax. And when you relax, you're no longer grinding. You're no longer reaching your goal. Because when you get comfortable, how many know that comfort could be one of the curses? The curse of comfort, right? And that's what I'm going to dive into in this next question. I'm going to kind of lead it and bleed it into that for a moment. Because there's a curse in the comfort. We want to we wanna get well in our head, but we never do anything about it. We tell Jesus, but Jesus, people keep cutting me off. And Jesus is like, you don't have no idea who's standing in front of you. You have no idea what I want to do with you. Third question. What do you have in your house. Write that down. What do you have in your house? Oh, this is good. Are you ready for this? This is good right here. Second Kings chapter four. Let me give you a basic breakdown of this. And for those of you that don't know what's going on in the story, real simple. In the story, Elisha comes to a woman. This is Old Testament. He's ministering to a poor widow who finds herself in a bad spot. In fact, she finds out that there are some people coming to lay claim to some debt that she owed. Right? So they're coming to her and she realizes that she, her kids might end up slaves to these people because she owes a debt she can't pay. Can that relate with anybody here in 2018? She has a debt that she cannot pay and she's staring at this debt. And any moment someone's going to knock on the door. And she's talking to the prophet who comes into town. And she, and he, she explains to him and he says to her. What do you have in your house? And she says, I have one jar. And the prophet says to her, look at this, chapter 4, verse 3 through 6. Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. What are empty jars? Unfilled, unsourced containers. Follow. Follow me. Go and ask your neighbors for as many jars as you can get. So she grinds it out and she asks her neighbors for all these jars. She gets a bunch of jars, right? And she brings it back to the prophet. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil in all the jars as each is filled. Put one to the side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring and pouring. And miraculously, they kept getting filled. 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 Verse 6. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. 
But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped. Watch this. Sometimes you're praying. You don't know why you're praying. But you're praying. Like an empty jar. And you're saying, I don't know if God's going to hear me, but I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep grinding it out. I'm going to pray it out. There are times that you're going to have to realize that what you say matters. Because if she went out and only got a few jars, only a few jars would have been full. If she went out and got 50 jars, 50 jars would have been full. If she would have went out and only got one jar, one jar would have been full. Why? The grind matters. It matters what you're doing because God fills the jars that you grind out. It matters. Every jar that you grind out and get, God says, I will fill. Watch me. Watch me. But in America, no, no, no. In America, we want everybody to give us stuff. In America, we want to be comfortable. Well, what color is... Some, some people are just not satisfied no matter what you do. We could get you the nicest sofa, put you right here. We could have recliners, lazy boys, heated seats, massage chairs, and still somebody would have something to complain about. Because this sugar-coated gospel is not gospel. A sugar-coated gospel is not gospel. Listen, you will have trouble. You will have turmoil. God never said you won't. He said you will. You will have trouble. But guess what? There's a get in the grind that you can't get in the world. There's a get in the grind that you can't get in the world. And God says to each of us today, what's in your house? What are you willing to give me so I can fill? What are you willing to present to me that I can then fill? Every availability you have, every gifting, everything you... Look at me. Everyone look at me. Man, woman, boy, and girl, look at me. Every gift you have comes from God. Every talent you have comes from God. You did not, I repeat, you did not get your gift from some sonic boom. It was calculated, it was given, and it was very much thought out. God gave you a gift, and in that gift, God is going to do great things. But you cannot not you cannot not present him a, a, a jar and expect him to pour oil on you. You got to give him what you got so he can fill it, and that's what I'm looking at today. I'm looking for people that are willing to grind out their faith and say, "It doesn't matter that I have opposition. Opposition is going to make me better, but I'm going to grind out my faith." I'm going to pray even if it feels like empty prayers. How many ever prayed a prayer that felt like it never pierced the ceiling? It just bounced back and hit you square in the nose. And you're like, man, that hurt. I don't feel like I'm piercing the ceiling at all. Right? It's in the grind of saying, you know what? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. Why? Because there's a get in the grind. There's a get in the grind. So 
What am I talking about? Stop worrying about what you don't have and focus on what you do have. It may look empty, but that's okay because God is the filler. God is the source, not man. You notice that, that the prophet never said, go to your neighbor and ask them for oil? No, just give me the containers. Containers can't fulfill you. Let me show you who can. I'm going to be your source. I'm going to be the one you rely on. I'm going to be the one that's going to provide. I'm the one that's going to fill it. Because I am that I am. I am that I am. Stop looking at all of that. And start looking at what you do have. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed with how far we have to go that we don't even start. Don't get discouraged. Put one foot in front of the other. And let, let, let it just grind. And faith, listen, faith is a grind sometimes. Sometimes things are going to come great and easy. And other times it's not. But guess what? Don't allow how far you have to go to keep you from taking your first step. God says to us, what's in your house? What is your starting point? Where are you going to go with this? Where are you? Do you want to get well? And let's start with what's in your house right now. What do you got? There's no traction without action. And I'll share this last verse with you. James, this is a great verse. Watch this. James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres on the trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So this is my last question. Here it is. You ready? What is God asking you to grind toward? There's an area of your life that you haven't been grinding out for a long time. There's an area of your life that maybe, just maybe, in your life that you've said, I don't know anymore. Can I encourage you right now? Settle in your heart to say, God, I'm going to find the God in the grind. Are you with me? I'm going to find the God in the grind. And we're going to pray a prayer right now. Father, I'm asking you in this room, in this place, every person at the sound of my voice, would you allow us, oh God, to move toward you, even if it's grinding towards you. Whatever it is, God, if I have to fall, at least fall forward. God, help us to fight a fight that's worthwhile. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, That you will give us the opportunity to grind and persevere through difficult, difficult times. Lord, I pray that you would enhance and encourage everyone in this room to realize that you're the source. You're the one that's pouring into. You're the one that's causing us to stand even when things don't make sense. God, I pray in Jesus' name. That every person at the sound of my voice would find refuge in you today. They will grind out their faith. And Lord, that resurrection power would stir us in this hour. God, I pray that we would stand firm on your word. That your promises will be yes and amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Stand with me all across this room. Hallelujah. Church, this is a take-home message. I hope you were encouraged. I know my intensity and passion sometimes 
can get the best of me. But I, I want you to understand that this is a year of traction for you. A year of traction for you. You may have spun your tires in years past, but no longer. You may have gone and felt like, man, all I'm doing is doing and I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of this. But when you do it for God, I want you to understand something. There's, there's traction from your action. If you do something for yourself with the wrong intentions and God is not in the middle of it, I can't say that there's traction in that action. I can't guarantee that. They may at some point. But whenever you do anything for God, there's traction in action. Take all of the empty jars you have in your life. Everything that looks like lack. Everything that looks empty. And I dare you to present that to God. I dare you to give that to God and say, God, take this empty me, empty gift, empty this. And maybe something you haven't done or touched or, or something that you have not been a part of. You know God is calling you, whatever that. Give that to God. Say, God, this is me coming to you with empty jars because you notice that when they said there's no more jars the oil stopped it stopped 50 jars 5 jars don't matter the moment you say something that means something the moment they spoke the oil stopped some of you, the oil has stopped in your life because you spoke a long time ago. God can't use me. God won't use me. I'm done. I'm this. I'm that. That ends today. Traction begins today for you. Traction begins today for you. Traction begins today for you. Traction begins today. For you, you know what? You don't even realize that this message, I'm putting chains on your tires right now. So that when you start to believe, you're going to get out of that little that, uh, spinning moment. And you're going to get out of that mud and mire. You're going to stop spinning your tires and start realizing that there's potential in you. Because the Holy Spirit don't work in junk. He works through vessels. And this is your chance to make something happen. In 2018, I pray traction. And because of that, I pray action. Take action in your life so you can see traction unfold in your life too. Amen. I pray traction in your life. I pray that you see great things happen because you take responsibility for you. Stop waiting for somebody else to lay a blessing on your lap and go out and grind your blessing by, by being persistent. And you know what Jesus talked about? He said there was a woman who knocked, woman who knocked. Nobody would answer, but she was persistent. Come on, somebody. And eventually like, what? Here's your newspaper. Seriously? No, 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 no. It's more than that. The persistence, he says, I belong there. God, I belong. I belong in greater places. And where I'm at right now is not greater places. I believe better for you.